for you, but good whatever it is for you. (laughs) We're going to talk about today how to triumph over trials. And I want to say at the get-go that this is not the 12-step formula that boom, 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 victory. (laughs) It's not that. What it is is a way to position your heart so that you are taking advantage of Christ in you, God in you, Holy Spirit in you, leading you and guiding you in the very particular way he has to lead you out of your very particular unique circumstances. So I just want to do that disclaimer. Um, but with the, ha- the, happy, the happy part about the disclaimer is that this is a way that you can approach everything. Right. And it's also honest. (laughs) Like if I were to give you the 12 step program or the three step program, whatever, buy my tapes and books and whatever. So you could knock it out every single time. um, I would be a charlatan. Okay. Cause it's just not that. And you don't want it like that. Now, sometimes we want it like that. Right. Especially when we're up a creek, we or we it's in our face, and we're dealing with something really hard, and we're looking for the answer, right? Because we're suffering, and you know, suffering is a human, a very human thing. It just just is. We have trials, we have tribulations, um, we have pain points. Uh, you're doing good and then you get broadsided. Maybe you're not doing good and you get broadsided and feel like you're slipping deeper into something yucky and you're just struggling. And pain is a reality in humanity. And to kind of try to set things up in your life so that we're completely avoiding pain is a folly. Um, Obviously, we don't want to, uh, you know, invite pain. Like, you know, that would be like, oh, stupid. Uh, but we do stupid stuff as, you know, we do. It's like we we have a problem and then we choose a crappy way of dealing with it and then it gets worse. And this is part of our problem. Uh, this is why we need a savior. And the the, well, one of the many gorgeous things about the savior that we have is that he's really familiar with suffering. Like this is not a foreign concept. Hi, I'm God floating above watching everybody struggle. No, God is one with his creation. He took on human flesh to experience what it means to be human. He is a human being, also God. We're not confused about this for eternity. And so that means he can help you wherever it is that you are struggling. There's there's not an exception point. Uh, you know, if if Christ assumed flesh on behalf of all humanity, male and female, and he he allowed, he he yielded to human rage, our need to punish, um, and uh bowed down to that, bowed down to death on a cross and torment on a cross and taking on the sinful nature, taking on the sin element itself, um, spinning into hell, 
and and um, defeating all of that, all the principalities and powers, whether you talk about them in terms of an entity or you talk about it in terms of um, a personality, um, probably greater than a principal and entity, probably not a person's personage, but whatever that is, you know, it doesn't really matter. <laughs> it's defeated. And where you are in pain, where you are struggling, he's already addressed it. And he's in you, leading you to help you transcend. And that's going to look like a lot of different things. And it's not going to look like the same thing twice. You know, we always want the formula. We, 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 we really want to be secure in humanity. It's like, okay, I got it. So if I just do this, 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 and this, I don't have to hurt. If I just do this, this, and this, and this, I'm going to avoid loss. And unfortunately, loss is still a part of the human condition. And uh, But he helps us transcend us, and he's with us in it. Okay, so saying all that, <laughs> I know that I kind of covered myself here. I I, I just want to be clear. Okay, uh, let's talk about how to overcome trials because we have a lot of them. Well, number one, I want to make sure that you are tracking with the truth of Christ and his ability to get your stuff. <laughs> Okay. And also very clear eyed. You know, one of the things I really love about scripture is that it doesn't whitewash anything, right? It, it like, it makes us look bad, right? You know, or it even allows God to look bad because not that God is bad. And let me be clear about that. But in our humanity, we project crap onto him, right? We're, we're all growing in the knowledge of God. And so if I think he looks like a demon, um, if I think he looks like the devil and I'm projecting that onto him. That's the filter I'm going to receive him through. And they jot that down in scripture. So well inspired, uh, there's errancy in the sense, nobody panic, nobody panic. No one's taking away scripture. Please don't hear me. But we relate to the perfect word of God, the logos of God, the W word that is Christ. And as scripture points to Christ effectively, it's doing its job of pointing to Christ effectively, right? This is why the old covenant veiled, right? This is what it says. Um, and uh, and as that is removed, we're able to see God increasingly clearer. And as scripture points to something that does not look like God, a murderer, a, um, you know, a, a vengeance, um, a God of Wrath, that's not passion that loves, but wants to punish, right? A scary God, like you would be a better parent than that. As scripture points to that, it's reading us. And so we get to be convicted as to, wow, this must be in my heart. I'm projecting it out to you, Jesus, to you, Father God, and to you, Holy Spirit. And um, and now you're able to minister to me to reveal who you are. Okay, so that was just a caveat. That was extra. I hope you enjoyed that. I hope that was helpful. Um, let me know if you have questions on that because it's a really important thing. Don't, 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 um, don't uh, pitch scripture. Please don't do that. It's a treasure, but also handle it rightly. Okay, and we all need help with this. Okay, so Jesus in the not whitewashing, which was the whole uh, context of this, 
Uh, he said in John uh, 6.33, this is the first part of the verse, in this world you have will have tribulation, distress, and suffering. <laughs> That's not the good news of the gospel, by the way. But it is locating where humanity lives, which is good news. Because if you have a God who saves but doesn't locate where you really live, um, then he's, I, I don't know, he's really not a savior. He's not a savior worth having, right? It's like, okay, so, all right, I get it. You can't handle it. So you don't understand where I live. Well, he does, okay? Uh, so he recognizes we will have tribulation and distress and suffering. This is the God who is slain before the foundation of the world to address the problem of human fall, the human human angst, human existential pain, human practical pain, uh, all of it, okay, before he even uh, created the foundation of the world. Isn't that incredible? Don't you love that? God is so masterful. Okay, so love that, the way he doesn't whitewash anything. Um, and it would be super depressing if... Um, it didn't continue. It's like, okay, so life sucks and we recognize it sucks. Okay. But he goes on, hallelujah, right? But be courageous, be confident, be undaunted, be filled with joy for I have overcome the world. My quest is accomplished, my victory abiding. Okay. Yay. This is from the amplified version, by the way. So we're given an admonishment to, to admonish means to, to give friendly, earnest advice or encouragement. Uh, it can be corrective, which is helpful for us when we need it. Um, but we're admonished to be courageous, confident, undaunted, and filled with joy. Okay. Now let me just ask you a quick quiz. <laughs> Are you like me? That when I'm having a tribulation, when I'm in pain, when I'm experiencing tribulation, distress, and suffering, um, my my the thing that I'm struggling with is fear. The things that I'm struggling with is insecurity. The things that I'm struggling with is being daunted. And the things that I'm struggling with is being depressed. I mean, that's just human. <laughs> so, right. And so, you know, no, no, no condemnation. You're a human being. However, um, you know, Jesus would have been a colossal jerk if he's like, well, you know, things are really bad, but, you know, get over it. Uh, you know what I mean? Or whatever. Well, you know what? If he's admonishing us to be courageous, confident, daunted, filled with joy, that that is possible. That is doable. That is what we're ultimately called to as sons and daughters. Okay. And so there's a way, hallelujah, to get there from here. Right. Uh, so you don't, 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 no, don't be uh, condemned if you're fearful, insecure, daunted, and depressed. Okay. But don't stay there. Okay. Because there's a way to get past that. Okay. Now, um, one of my favorite scriptures, and I'm also going to read this from the uh, Amplified. This will be the classic version just because it's my favorite. <laughs> it's Philippians 2.13. You know how this helped me? Let me tell you how this helped me. Because in my tribulations, and I, I've had, I've been part of the human race my whole life. <laughs> and there have been tribulations, suffering and whatever. And I've gotten through stuff. I've gotten through enough stuff that I can help people. Yay. And I'm still getting through stuff. And that's just human, right? 
Um, but in my way of being afraid, uh, insecure, daunted, and depressed, the Lord and looking to the Lord, because there's things that people can't help you with, the government can't help you with, um, you know, your family, as much as they love you or you're having relational problems, can't help you with. And this puppy is only going to be done directly with God. Now, happily, um, a lot of times God will move through people. Yay. And there's stuff. So you get both. Isn't that happy? We get both. We get both. We get we get what we need. Not always what we want, but we what we need. And we do get the desires of our heart. But a lot of times um, that'll come about um, as we're yielded to God, because sometimes our desires are not what is going to cause us to be upgraded. If God removes every hardship and every bit of suffering, we don't develop to transcend. We don't grow in our dependency. We look at God as the cosmic magician in the sky, the Santa Claus in the sky, the Gandalf in your in the sky, wave your magic wand and make the pain stop. And he will make the pain stop, but he will also upgrade us in the process, which is always longer. It always takes longer. Oh my God, it takes longer um, than we want. <laughs> and, but will cause us to transcend. So we come out the other side of the valley of the shadow of death. We come out the other side of our hellhole upgraded. So that means that not only do we get the answer, we get to be transfigured into the image of God, which is ultimately um, what God is after, tra to transfigure his kids as sons and daughters into his image from glory to glory to glory that causes creation to be released from its bondage. So not only do we get upgraded, but we have an answer to not only having gone through our pain and suffering, we have an answer to where creation is in bondage, Right. So we get to be part of the solution. Yay. And that is part of your recompense. Listen, if something kicked your butt and you suffered and you did the right thing when it didn't feel right and you did the hard thing when it was hard and you trusted in God and you walk through something, you come out upgraded. So not only like, ha, huh, that is not a problem anymore. You also know, listen, when you go through the valley of the shadow of death, when you've been through hell and you've come out the other side, hell is just not as impressive as when you were dragged through it the first time, right? This is you. Uh, learning who you are, who God is, and how he victorious leads us from glory to glory to glory. And you get this relationship with God that is so upgraded and no one can take that away from you. And then you get to help other people in the process. Woohoo! You can act like a son, enjoy, uh, enjoy life and daughter as a son, uh, life as a son and daughter. Um, and those beautiful fruit that we all want start to manifest and start to pop like popcorn. Anyway, I hope that's been encouraging you. So I'll get back to the verse that I uh, wandered off from, but that was good. <laughs> that was worth saying. Let's go to Philippians 2.13, Amplified Classic Version. It says, and not in your own strength, for it is God who is all the while effectively, effectually, sorry, at work in you, energizing, creating in you the power and desire to will and to work for his good pleasure, satisfaction, and delight. Now, there's a lot to unpack in that scripture. And I love it in the Amplified Version because it amplifies it because there's a lot to unpack. 
uh, most of the most of the versions that translate that, it's just like a little one-liner and we skip right over it. And this is where your victory is. This is where you learn to rest and trust, which is ultimately what God is asking us to do. Rest and trust in him as he's working and you're partnering with him and he's upgrading you. And this is the the gold. This is the gold. But we recognize, you know, when, when you're flat on your back and you don't have it, like I, I don't have it. I can't work it up. I, I can't believe myself out of a paper bag. Um, when you're flat on your back, well, dang it, look up. Now, up is a metaphorical for where God is because God is up, but God is also down. He's also in. He's also through. He's just everywhere. But look to God, okay, is what I'm saying. And you don't have to do this puppy in your own strength. As a matter of fact, you should not, because if you are operating in your own strength, you will peter out quickly. Like that will, ooh, okay, I was good and I'm not anymore. Okay. So it's not in your own strength. For it is God who is all the while. I love it. It's the fact that it's God. Like just let's just be clear. If this were Catherine Toon, we'd be in deep doo-doo. If this were the president of the United States, we'd be in deep doo-doo. If this would be your pastor, bless his or her heart, we would be in deep doo-doo. If this would be your 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 husband, your wife, um, your kids, your neighbor, your friend, any human being, any human person, we would be in deep, deep doo-doo. It is God. See, people are not sources, they're conduits. So this is, you can rest because it's God, not anyone else. Now, they, he moved through someone else, but... It is God who is all the while effectually at work in you. So that means he's relentless. He's continuous. We're like, God, do something. He's like, I am. I am. I am. I don't know what that looks like in yours, but he's always, he's all the while. So he never stops engaging, doing in his rest because he's resting, but he's doing, Right. Um, effectually at work in you. So just, just so you know, he's in you. He's never stops moving, wooing, um, releasing his presence, releasing, releasing all the stuff, releasing the knowledge of him, all the stuff we need. And it's effective, effectually at work in you. So he's in you. He's not out there. He's out there, but he's also in you. The in you is more important than the outside of you because the circumstances will change, but the in you doesn't change right? That was good. Okay. Energizing, creating you the power and desire. Okay. Hallelujah. How many of you are tired? Like, yeah. Right. You know, I'm like, I'm in my fifties and I, I love like my age and because you know, I, 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 I'm having the fruit of having worked hard and done stuff and it's good. Um, but I, unfortunately on the downside, I get more tired than I was. Um, and, um, so I need energy and energeo, right? Energizing, creating in you the power and desire. I love that. So this is, this is dunamis. Like we've already been given the authority, but man, we need some bang behind whatever we're being charged to do. It's, it's, it's stirring up the energy and the power like, boom, he's backing you up, baby. All right. And desire. I love this because, you know, sometimes, oh my God, I don't want to, I don't know about you. It's like, God is like, love that person. I'm like, I don't want to, 
but I'm going to. <laughs> Not my will, but your will be done. One of the things that he does is heal our wills. You know, if he's strung up on a cross and just in the hell hole agony of that, that we really can't comprehend as he's becoming sin. And he's saying to the people, to humanity, not just the ones who were like, had the hammer and the nails and the Pharisees and blah, blah, blah. This is all of us. We put him up there. Human need for rage and retribution and wrath put Jesus on the cross. And that's what he yielded to. And on that cross, as he's being punished, punished by us for our sin, all a sin for humanity for all time, as that's happening, Father, forgive them for they don't do not know what they do. Because in our fallen way of being, we really don't know what we're doing, even as we know what we're doing. The things we do to other people are there's evil. It's just a thing. And it's our wrath, not his. And now his wrath is for us to heal us, to pursue us, to obliterate anything that's not of love's kind. But our wrath is someone's going to pay, right? Someone's going to pay. And we, we insisted to make God pay the only one that could help us. We're messed up. So this is why we need a savior. Okay, so he is there to heal our wills. We need healing in our minds. God, are we jacked up in our thinking? Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. We need a new mind, a new a new ways of thinking, new programs, consciously, subconsciously, all these ways of being that we have learned to try to get our needs met, to self-protect, to run away from what we should embrace and to embrace what we should run away from. Right. Right. Submit to God, resist the devil, uh, you know, is what we're called to. Right. Submit to God and, and resist the devil and he will flee. So whatever's the devil for you, you're supposed to resist it, but you can't do it unless you submit to God first. Right. And so this is healing our wills. Right. Healing our minds where we are, are a thinking like God thinks he's he's free. He's happy. He's got the fruit. Um, so. That's what we're needing. Um, healing our emotions. We're broken. We're grieving. We're terrified. We're traumatized. We're um, depressed. We're delusional. <laughs> we're enraged. We're all these things. And those, the, um, your emotions need ministry. They're, they're important. Healing our bodies. You know, ultimately, we're going to get a glorified body. But on this earth, we got issues. And we need help with those as well. Right. So yielding to all that, he's effectually at work in us, energizing, creating in us the power and desire to will and to work for his good pleasure, satisfaction, delight. Now, let me just help you with that. I, I used to have a problem with that because I kind of wanted him to work for my good pleasure, satisfaction, delight. Just I wanted, you know, Catherine, God, Catherine <laughs> had to help me with that. Well, you know what? There are things that are pleasurable satisfying and delightful that we have in our hearts that that God is saying, yeah, that I, that is my good pleasure. I put that in there. That's a dream I had for you. And I'm going to satisfy that. There are things as human beings in our fallenness that we consider pleasurable, satisfying, and delightful that are bad for us. And he, that's not a yes to us. 
Okay, that's not a yes. Because whatever pleasures that you had, God is the God of pleasure. He's, he created a garden of Eden, which means pleasure and delight and put us in that. Okay, that's his will for us. Um, but there was nothing in there that was sinful fallen so that as you partook of it, uh, you're going to get a backlash of death. Okay. Right. So if I'm smoking because I like to smoke, well, I may just feel like I'm going to die if I don't get my next cigarette. Um, but that's not good for me. So that's not his will. Right. Now he helps us as we're in there. So if you're a smoker, bless your, bless you. I'm not no condemnation. I'm just use that as an example. Right. It's going to smack you in the face. It just will. It's inevitable. And he's wanting to walk you through. Uh, that, but that's not his good pleasure, satisfaction, delight. That is helping you through something that is a fallen, uh, a fallenness uh, that is not in your best. He's in your best, right? Um, all of that, the whole, all the issues of sex that we have, we have so many issues with sex. Well, you know, pornography is not in his will. It's not as good pleasure, satisfaction, and delight because it's not good for you. If it hurts you, he doesn't like it. That's a no. But he will be with you in it to walk you out, right? So how do we overcome our tribulation? Well, we're going to have to look. We're going to get to look to this God who is all that, always at work in us, effective, energizing us, providing the power that enables us, creating the desire uh, so that we start to desire the things that are actually good for us and actually good for other people that are in line with how he created us to be, not the fallen versions of ourselves that are uh, at odds with it, right? And so that's his promise to us. These are his promises, right? This pleasure, satisfaction, delight of God you get to experience because you're a son and daughter who looks just like him in your flavor. And he's revealing you from glory to glory to glory. So let's keep going. So let's go to John 15, five. Okay. So uh, it says, I am the sprout sprouting vine. This is a passion translation. And you're my branches as you live in union with me as your source fruitfulness, all the good stuff, all the stuff you want will stream. I love it. Not a little damn will stream from within you. But when you live separated from me, you are powerless. So how do we overcome? This is talking about trials. Okay. Well, there's something in this living in union with him, with Jesus, with God as our source. See, this is talking about dependency, looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher. Okay, so when we're living uh, in union with God as our source, well, number one, God is a source that like, there is no limit. Like, I, I remember uh, Joseph Prince saying, yeah, he was God was talking to Joseph Prince. He probably didn't say it like this, but this is Catherine's version. So whatever. Um but he was he was telling Joseph Prince that my grace is like the oceans of the Pacific Ocean. It's like the waters of that. It, there's no limit. And, you know, of course, it's greater than that. But, you know, it's like it swamps out everything where sin does abound. Grace does much more abound. Right. And so his endless nature as a source, you know, I mean, I love people. I love to minister. But after a while, I get tired. After a while, I'm like, I need to have something to eat. After a while, I was like, yeah, I need to go do something else. <laughs> I need to stare off into space, whatever. And so I'm I'm just a conduit like you, 
but he's a source. And so living in union, this is a revelation that you are in union, that the only place that you are separate from God is in your mind because of what God has done. So uh, Colossians 1, 21 through 22, it says, even though you were once distant from him, living in the shadows of your evil thoughts and actions, he reconnected you back to himself. Okay, so when did this happen? Well, this happened on the cross, but it also happened as the lamb slain before the foundation of the world. So that that was the prefigurement of what he was going to walk out. And so he connected himself to us. Um uh even though as at, at the human race even though we were still operating in the shadows of evil thoughts and actions right when i want to do something evil right well i have to turn my back from god to do that because that's not as that is not his will as good pleasure satisfaction delight but when i want to do something evil and i say that's evil. God help me. And I turn to him and let him help me with my will. <laughs> right. Um, he empowers me to not have to, because if I do something evil, I'm going to reap death. I'm going to bring death in some way to someone else. I'm going to hurt someone else and I'm going to hurt myself. Right. And so the only place that you're separate from God is in your mind. He chose you before the foundation of the world. Jesus said, you didn't choose me. I chose you that you would bear fruit, that your fruit would remain. That's also in John 15. Um, and so this choice he made that he didn't ask you your vote. He didn't say, hi, do you vote whether I choose you or not? Is it okay if I choose? No, he just chose you. Why? Because he loved you and secures wanted to secure you. Um, so that's a, a done deal. He chose you and that now you get to choose him back and we have to choose him back regularly. This is not the prayer of salvation where suddenly, okay, so now I'm not going to hell because I chose Jesus as Lord. The truth is we need to choose Jesus as Lord every single day, every single time we have a decision to make every single time we need to yield to him, that we need to follow him, that we need to be dependent on him. We're choosing him and then we're working out our salvation with fear and trembling. Okay, so let me go back to this verse, uh, Colossians 1, 21, 22. He reconnected you back to himself. He released his supernatural peace to you through the sacrifice of his own body as a sin payment on your behalf so that you would dwell in his presence. Now, let me just say the sin payment wasn't towards his father who is angry and needed, needed to take it out on somebody. No, the sin payment was like, you know what? I need to become sin uh, to answer your wrath, your alienation, your choosing of this delusional way of being in which all sorts of evil happens. Yeah, I'm choosing that uh, and um, and diving into it so I can lift you up above this fallen way of being that you've chosen, right? And it says now, not uh, not like in the future. Now, there is nothing between you and the and and Father God. So Papa is smitten with you. Jesus is smitten with you. Holy Spirit is smitten with you. So Jesus is pointing to that. There's nothing between you and Father God, for he sees you as holy, 
flawless and restored. That's how he sees you. This is not snow covered dumb. This is not the blood of Jesus is covering me so Father God can stand me, right? And I'm not going to get punished for my sins. No, this is Father God sees me as holy, flawless, and restored. Why? He knows who I am and he knows who you are. He sees you as holy, flawless, and restored. So in that place where we have this seamless union because of God, this is where we can retreat to. So every place in you, every place in me that feels separate, we can turn to God and say, just show me, show me here. Just help me here. Cause it feels like you're not there. Show me here. Um, help me see, because it feels like you're not doing anything. Um, you know, show me, show me, uh, where I'm hurting so much. It feels like you don't care. Show me where I'm hurting so much. Or I'm so angry that you're not, um, smiting someone who, uh, did a despicable thing. Show me where you are here. This is where we retreat to as our source, because this is what causes us to transcend from glory to glory to glory and overcome the trials and tribulations in our life. You see, I said it wasn't a, um, you know, a five step program or something. No, this is where we retreat to. And what that looks like is going to be different because the sons of God, the daughters of God are led by the spirit of God. Where is the spirit? He's in you. Yeah. If you're not sure, just ask him. Are you in there? Yeah. And sit and let him minister to you because he's already chosen you. He's already separate. Any place that is feeling separate, it's a delusion in your mind. So what this does is it forces humanity not because God is forcing us because we can either choose this, which is life, or we choose trying to work something else out, which never works. And we go around the mountain and around the mountain and we're coming around the mountain again when she comes. Okay. Right. Okay. This is pathetic. (laughs) Okay. But we choose We choose life. We choose him. We choose intimacy. And so what it means is Jesus is the way. He's the truth. He's the life. No one comes to the father except through him, right? He's the good shepherd. He's the bread of life. He's whatever you are needing. And so a good question to ask him in your trial and your tribulation, who are you here for? Who are you here in this place for me in my trial And it may look like a lot of things. You know, he was wounded for our transgressions, bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. And with his stripes, we were healed. So in that, he addresses all of the overarching issues of humanity. We need safety. We need healing. We need protection. We need deliverance. We need provision. We need peace. We need soundness of mind. We need, need, we need. And you know what? Yay. That's why he's the capital P provider and he's really good at his job. But sometimes what we think we need is not what we need. So a lot of times when I'm addressing, um, when I'm talking to God for me personally, or when I'm, I'm helping with other people in the coaching, I'm saying, God, what, what is it here that they're needing? And a lot of times they're like, I need you to make my spouse quit doing something horrible, right? Quit, quit cheating. Okay. And he's like, okay, I hear you. I hear you. Yeah. We're going here. And he goes a completely different direction. It's like, what does that have to do with this? 
well, either this is actually not the real issue or it is an issue that we'll be taken care of with going in this direction. This is why we are dependent on God because he will take us where we need to go that will encompass what we really need and ultimately will address. Listen, death is swallowed up in victory. Death, where is your sin? Ultimately, God overcame death for humanity. And so we're walking this out and how death manifests in our lives um, he overcame that, but it may not be a bada bing, bada bing, the cancer falls off. Okay. I mean, I, I vote for that every single time. He hates sickness. He hates disease. He hates cancer. He hates death. He hates all this stuff, but it may be another route. Ultimately, it will be taken care of. We are going to have to trust him. And let me just help you. Oh my God. Can I just help you for just a second? Jesus, thank you like for letting me help people. Um, a lot of times in your biggest pain points, when you're mad at God for not having taken care of something or not having done it soon enough, where the prompt where your hope is deferred and your heart is sick, the promise doesn't seem to be happening. We are going to have to settle down and trust him. This is hard. We're scared. We want, we want the, we're scared. But God is like, do you trust me? It's like, yeah, I trust you. But how is this going to work out? Yeah, it's not your problem. I'm working this out. Do you trust me? It's like, okay, dang it. It always comes back to that. It will always come back to trusting God. See, in that place where we can trust him, he's able to release what we need, not only to address the external problems that are in our trials, but to address the issues in us that keep us um, less than who we are. You know, I've been ministering to Robert a lot with his autism and he's in pain. Poor guy. Pray, pray for him. He's precious. Um, but this, there's just so much torment with it. Um, and, and he, he's re- just really grappling with this. It's like, you know, how long are we halfway there? It's like, honey, I don't know. There is no getting away from trusting God as you walk this out. I just know he's going to take care of it. I don't know how that's going to look like. I don't know when. I don't know. Blah, 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 but I know it will be taken care of. Why do I know that? Because I know God here and you can know God here too. And I also trust Robert and I trust you in who God made you to be, to be the champion of who you are so that you can partner with God. You can rest in God. You can operate in your union and your oneness and the revelation of that as a son, as a daughter to work out your salvation with fear and trembling, work out the saving work that God is doing and recognizing that this is a holy thing and you're holy and God is holy and you're working it out. So not only do you get the answer to your trial, you get to be upgraded in the trial uh, and you transcend the whole mess. Anyway, I hope this has been helpful for you to do today, (laughs) encouraging for you today. Um, Sit and rest with who God is in your trial, in your pain point. Oh man, there's a man, when you walk through that, you have such an upgraded um, connection with God in your mind, right? It's seamless, but on our end, we, we're we not sure all the time, but man, that gets to be upgraded and he is doing it. And I'm just telling you, it will be worth it. Anyway, I love you guys. I hope this has blessed you. Share this with someone who needs this today. Love you guys. Bye-bye. Thanks for joining us on this episode of Perspectives with Catherine Toon. 
For additional information and resources, please visit katherinetoon.com.